Welcome to the Biba Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Biba Logan, and today we have a very special guest joining us. Meet Andrei Djodjevic, a transformational spiritual life coach and one of my own personal mentors in the realm of trans healing and trans exploration. In this episode, we dive deep into Andre's incredible work and his profound discoveries about consciousness. Join us as we explore how we can separate our consciousness from our physical bodies through practical techniques and the art of allowing. So, get comfortable, relax, and prepare to embark on a journey of astral travel with us. Hello, Andre, and welcome to the Biba Frequency Podcast. This is Conversations with Consciousness, and I'm super thrilled to have you here today because I know you are a very, very busy man. Thank you, Biba. It's my pleasure to be here and to be able to share my understanding of life as I understand it today. Yeah, and your your life, really, how I understand you is it's this uh, dance with consciousness. Yes, it's a continuous discovery of constantly trying to understand who I am, because if I can understand who I am, then I can understand what the world is. That's very good. My training as a trans medium over 25 years has helped me to control my mind. Wow. That's a, quite a feat, isn't it, in this day and age, controlling the mind in a world full of distractions? Well, yeah, but when you want to apply yourself and when you spend the time, then, you know, it becomes what you are. And uh, I've really learned to control my mind and then open up my awareness beyond my human conditioning. I'm very excited about this conversation. So before we go any further, for those listening, I just want you to know something that I don't know. How do you actually say your name? Andre? Oh, Andre Georgievich. It's a silent D. Okay, Andre Georgievich. And you're a spiritual teacher? Yes. Yes. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. How would you describe yourself? Well, I started off as uh, what I call teaching transmediumship where I um, share with people my knowledge of how to expand into an intelligence that we are all part of. But my teaching seems to have developed perhaps further than just transmediumship. My teachings now are seem to be evolving into understanding more about universal consciousness and the part that we all play within universal consciousness. Wow. Because at the end of the day, we are all universal consciousness. Exactly, exactly. We are all expressing universal consciousness based on our understanding any moment in time. And that understanding constricts how much of universal consciousness we can allow to flow through us. 
because your mind, your thinking, your understanding, uh, your mind will always support that belief system. Regardless of whatever you believe in, your mind will constantly support that belief system. So, in a way, growing is about undoing all your human thoughts, undoing all your human constrictions. Yeah, and you teach that. You teach that really well. I try to, but it's coming to a... It's strange that we're having this interview today because this past couple of years, things have changed a lot in my understanding. Because I've expanded most of my life into universal consciousness within the confines of human understanding and our known universe or multi-universes, i.e. you can only expand and understand what the human mind can possibly allow and experience. But the past couple of years, I've started to explore consciousness without the restrictions of the human mind. So I've had to learn a new way of processing an experience. And I'm in that process at this moment in time of trying to understand with my limited human thoughts a non-human concept of consciousness that is beyond any human reality. That's so, 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 so exciting. And it's so good. And it's just, it's just the next stage. It's like the next part of our evolvement, isn't it? Well, that's, yeah, we are constantly evolving. We are constantly changing. And I think growth or universal growth is all about constantly challenging what we currently believe. And one of the best ways of, I find, about challenging what we currently believe is to say to yourself that, Whatever your expanded thoughts are at the moment, they are an illusion that your mind has created that allows you to process anything at any moment in time. And so you can then create the next illusion to step into. (laughs) I love it because it's so accurate. You can dissolve one illusion and then just configure a whole new illusion like a wizard. Yeah, and we all create our own illusion, which becomes a reality. And if you think about it, nothing is the same. People say, what is the truth? What is real? Well, there is no single truth. There is no single reality, because we are all creating our own reality. Like, take religion as a prime example where people create their own reality depending on the religion that they are. They create their own truth within that reality, and their mind supports that belief system. So that whatever they believe in is absolutely real to them. So if you have two different religions, they are both 
convinced 100% that their reality is correct. And it is for each religion. The problem is, is that they start to believe that their reality is the only reality. And that's where you have problems in the world. Yeah. Where there are multiple realities. Unlimited fractal realities within realities. Can I bring you back a little bit? Because you said you're going through a new unfoldment within yourself and you're now discovering the unlimited field of consciousness without a personality. Can you describe a little bit about your process and how you are in that space? What's that like for you? Well, as I touched on earlier, it's about trying to process information, process an intelligence in a way that we are not, that we've never experienced before. So in other words, an initial way of interacting with intelligence, well, take when we're communicating like we are today. We are using our physical eyes, our physical ears, our mouth to create sound. So we are expressing information and receiving information at a physical level. Then I understood that there are also energetic ways of communicating, where you are starting to communicate with energies that are not in physical form. Depending on your understanding, some people will call out the spirit world, would be an example, where there is an intelligence that no longer has a physical body. There are some people that call it channeling, and they are processing information from energetic beings in us in our time and space, and so on. But that all that communication is being done within the human thought process. We have human words for it. If you see an energy, people call it clairvoyance. If you hear a voice, people will call it clairaudience. If you sense something, people will call it clairsentience. So it's still within the human parameters of understanding, even though it's beyond the way we're communicating here and now. But somehow I seem to have gone one or two steps beyond that in that I am trying to process an intelligence and interact with an intelligence without those normal human understandings. So it's very difficult even for me to try to share it with you in human terms because I'm still learning the language. And when I say learning the language, that is no language. I'm still learning the process. The nearest I could perhaps explain and share it with you is that it is a knowing. It is almost like an instant understanding of a concept that is beyond human thought. And I've received the information it's within my being, and I'm slowly finding out ways of processing it. So for me, it's very exciting, but 
trying to explain it, it is not as easy as I thought it would be. Well, I, I'm a student of yours on a mentorship program for trance, and I remember asking you the question, how do I go further with my exploration in the unified field of consciousness, which is the only term I really know of it. Years ago, as a Christian, I would have called it in the heart of God. Um, but now I understand that it is this intelligence. It's all knowing, all beautiful, all powerful, all giving. It's all expansive. It's unending, never began, never ends. And through working with you, and you said to me, Biba, you just got to go out a little bit further each time. Expand, just go further out. And however you, whatever way you articulate to me how to do that, I get it. My mind doesn't get it, but my soul gets it. And my soul is listening to your instructions and it's doing it. Because when I first started with you, I was even though I'm not a Christian anymore, or I'm not anything, it's not that I am or I am, and I'm just, I've got a more broader awareness of this consciousness. And when I was connecting in trans healing, I was connecting with the Holy Spirit, because it was my filter, as you call it, it's my filter. So my filter pops in called the Holy Spirit. I know it, it's familiar, it's my best friend, I love it, he loves me, we know each other, I'm very familiar with that energy. And then the healing would begin. And then it was like, drop all the filters, drop the Holy Spirit, drop all of your knowns, Biba. And in the beginning, I just didn't want to do that because I'm like, but then he'll feel left out. I mean, these kind of ideas that we have, right? Like he's going to feel left out because I'm not bringing him into my healing. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. But through your guidance, because it's so light and it's so easy, I was able to then do that. And within one of your sessions, which is a three hour, I actually dropped all of that, all of it. I dropped, I got it, I dropped in to myself and then I became that. There was no God anymore. I had to become that. Now, I've been building up to that for years, Andre. That wasn't just happening like years, becoming that. I am that. And and going into that space. And when you close your eyes, Andre, what's your process? Well, it has changed again over a long period of time. And initially, there was quite a slow build up to changing my consciousness. Now, it is very, very fast. I can basically control my awareness within minutes. So I just completely remove my human awareness completely and move into a space that I have created by expansion. And I've learned the more I expand, the more intelligent information I can become. Again, I've had to undo all my human conditioning to realize that We are the intelligence of the universe. We are universal consciousness. We are part of God. And the only thing that restricts what we can express is our boundaries and our limitations that we put into play. So my teaching and my growth for myself, because I'm teaching myself as I teach others, is about just removing my boundaries and then creating space to allow my boundaries to move even further. 
And then the big, big jump for me was I thought I had fully expanded my boundaries completely until the energy that I access, I call Michael, basically said, well, there are no limits. Those boundaries you have now are just human boundaries and maximum human boundaries. Michael said, you can create new boundaries beyond your existing human boundaries. And just that thought process allowed me to expand even further. So all I do is just remove my consciousness from my human self into a space, and I become the energy of that space. So it's not a human process of, oh, I'm going to connect, or I'm going to talk, or I'm going to listen, or it's just I become. I become, or I try to become the maximum expansion that I can be. That's mastery at its best, is what it is. That's taken life. And that's taken, I know, life decades. I mean, that's just For anyone listening, that just doesn't happen if you read a book, you know, that's a life's work and maybe lifetimes of work to get there, to be able to let go. Well, it's taken me 25, 30 years to realize that we are everything that is and we can express everything that is automatically by just undoing human filters and our human conditioning. Thank you for clarifying that. So when you become... When you go into the knowing, there's no thinking, right? Because your thinking is a human thing. Yes, there's no thinking allowed, right? Like that beautiful podcast by that lovely man. I can't remember his name. No thinking allowed. Um, Or maybe he was like, that's another thing. So it's knowing. For me, it's a knowing and a becoming. And tell me about, is that on a scale of one to 10? Because this is a human concept. On a scale of one to 10, how much is the becoming part of your everyday experience? As in like Andre morning and the evening and the nighttime and your dreams, like how much of that is now in your reality without you trying to make an effort? Well, it's, it becomes one blur because once you expand and once you become universal consciousness, you can't undo it. It's with me all the time. It's with me in my day-to-day human life, in my interaction with the human world, with everything around me. I am interacting with that from a position of maximum expansion. I feel like you've just put in a big warm blanket around me. I'm so comforted by that, by that knowingness, that it just is what it is all the time when you get there. Yeah, and... In a way, when I teach, I do, as you know, a tremendous amount of teaching around the world. And it's becoming easier and easier for me because all I'm doing is expressing who I am and what I've become. (laughs) So it's easy. (laughs) There, There are no books to read. There are no... Uh, theories to explain in great depth, I just tell you who and what I am. And that works very, 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 very beautifully for me anyway. 
Yeah, and one of my main things that I try to share with everybody is that there is no separation. And that's, that's one of the biggest things for me. I'm not separated from universal consciousness. I'm not separated from this universal energy. I am universal consciousness. I am universal intelligence. So I just express who I am. So it's easy. Now, people say to me, what's the best way to, you know, learn transmediumship or, or what's the best way to learn channeling? And I say, be who you are. And they look at me a bit strange. And until I explain that the more you grow as a person, the more you expand, the more you expand, the more you express more and more universal consciousness, the more your light shines, the more the intelligence of the universe shines through you automatically. If you have to think about it, then you're bringing your human side into play, which will filter and dampen down that light. Yeah, and I give you an example of that. I, when I met, when I discovered you, actually, I was Googling trance because I love trance because it's just deepening, isn't it, into the unified field. It's like deeper than meditation in a way. It's another type of meditation for me, but there's a lot of the mediumship and the, the psychic stuff and that kind of mediumship world that I was never part of that world. I never, I never, I think I went to a medium once or twice in my life and, or a fortune teller. And it's just something I kind of never really was called to it, you know, but then when I got into this work and when I wanted to discover this work, this looking at trance led me into mediumship because everyone in the trans courses was a medium. I'm like a medium. So I kind of had to learn that first. But one thing about you is I already knew how to do connect. I just didn't know. I just didn't think I could connect to dead people. That was like it, just a human thought that they're not dead. They're in spirit and they're right there in your consciousness because you're one of them. But you teach in such a way that it's not a mediumship teaching as in like communicating with guides or spirit guides or past loved ones, you would say, um, I'm going to ask you to, you know, you guide us through meditation. I'm going to ask you to connect. And normally it'd be like connect your spirit guide. And I never had spirit guides. So I was like, I have to now go and create this illusion somewhere in my unified field, in my reality. So then this Native American came who I'd never seen in my life, just so I could do your exercise. So this Native American came, I was like, oh, hello, I'm, I'm, you and my imagination, because I've never met you before. And he says, oh, I want to take you into the meadows of your mind. And I was like, oh, you, you've got me now. I like that. That's quite a good one. But then you said after that, you said, you don't have to connect to a spirit guide. You can connect to just consciousness. So you helped me really get through a lot of that language, that mediumship language, spirit guides, and and that's all wonderful, but it was never part of my reality. I was just connecting to God as far as I was concerned. So I had to then go and just, it was just, you really helped me with that. And you helped me even transcend having to connect with God. And to the point where now I feel like, I know there's a universal consciousness awakening at the moment on the planet. I mean, it's just evident at this stage but i feel like i'm i would call it continuously channeling but that's just a human term you're saying i am connected i can't undo what i already am 
And now you've even today helped me understand that it's not even channeling. It's just I am expressing myself. So thank you once again for just blowing up that filter. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm not channeling the whole time. I'm just expressing myself. And it's wonderful because I thought if I'm channeling, that means that's there's a, a form of separation within that sentence. Exactly. It creates separation, which is not. Yeah. And I just thought, but there is no separation, but I didn't have another word for it. So it's not channeling. It's just, I am expressing myself. Exactly. For me, that is the most, the easiest way to do it. And that will help everybody to remove their filters. Pretty much instantly, right? (laughs) Well, again, if they are willing to let go of their filters, because everybody creates a comfort zone. And then when somebody challenges that comfort zone, it's, uh, you know, not everybody lets go initially. No, but at least they're listening. So the seeds are being planted, right? Yeah, all I can do is share my reality. And as I've always said, I'm totally responsible for what I do and what I say. My process, I can control. And I can present a thought. I can present an energy. But I can't control the outcome of that presentation. I can say, here we are. This is my reality. And then you make of that what you want. But I've noticed since I've been working with you, when you, I know when you're expanding. I don't know how I know. I just know. I don't think about it. I feel it. And when you're expanding, I'm expanding. Yes, because as I said, when I expand, I become that expansive thought. And so I just become that expansive thought and I teach from that expansive thought so to you, it would appear that, or you would know inside that this is a different aspect of Andre. Mm-hmm. Big time, definitely. I'd like you to, in one of your interviews, you said that when you first started um, going in, you were in this like avatar world, this kind of, tell me a little bit about in the beginning when you were going in and you were brought into these realms. Share that a little bit with us about what that was like, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. It's strange because this is 25 years ago. When I look back on it now, from this point of view, I thought, why wasn't I so, what's the word I'm looking for? Rapturous at the time. But at the time, when it happened, it just seemed perfectly normal. I can't really explain that. I wanted to know what the spirit world was, or I knew there was an intelligence beyond me, and I asked, what did I do when I needed to meditate? Again, what was meditating, I didn't know. So eventually I put a piece of music on and just started to shut down slightly and relax. And I just found myself completely in a different dimension, a completely somewhere else completely different. But what was interesting, one, it felt perfectly normal. And two, and it's only now it's triggering again, the communication was an instant knowing. So it was a telepathic instant understanding of any process. And I was just surrounded by these beings of light and color 
that's the only way I can describe them, that instantly shared their thoughts with me. And I knew the concept they were trying to share within a fraction of a second. So don't get me wrong, it was really, really exciting. But also it just felt normal. Or it felt if that should happen. And I can remember, I called it meditating at the time because I didn't have another word for it. I would do it for an hour or sometimes two hours every day. And I had to set my alarm to come on an hour earlier to create the time. And it was like, <laughs> in a way, it's like watching Netflix today. You put on a movie, and that's what I did 25 years ago, but the movie was in my mind. And when I became a little bit more, what's the word, confident of what I was doing, I would try to spread my experience with everybody and say, well, are you meditating two hours a day? And they say, well, it's a bit boring, really. And I start to scratch my head. No, hang on. How can meditating be boring? How can going to another world, another dimension, having these beings of light give you all this information, like Star Wars, how can that be boring? So this is going on in my mind. So I said, well, what do you mean boring? Because then I realized, hang on, maybe they're not quite having exactly the same experience. So I said, well, what world do you go to? <laughs> you know, maybe it's not as good as my world or not as enjoyable as the world I would go. And they say, well, I don't go anywhere. I said, what do you mean you don't go anywhere? They said, well, nothing happens. And then at that point, I realized that I was having an experience, and I don't know why it happened to me, but I was having a very vivid experience that a lot of other people didn't have. And I had those experiences for two years where I consciously closed my eyes to expand into. That's so beautiful. I, I'm... I, I thought, I, mean, I assumed that the whole, everybody else was having the same experience. <laughs> Nobody would get up out of their meditation position if that was the case. I know, I, I didn't want to either. Nobody's showing up for work today because they're all in other dimensions. And the reason yeah. why I'm asking you is because I'm the same. I've had that, I've had exactly the same experiences as you and these other dimensions and then it's almost like this relationship is building right this trust is building this new it's not like you even the other day I said to my daughter I said you know I woke up and I sat up to meditate and um, I just sat up to go in to go out or whatever how way you, you, you phrase that and then uh, my granny showed up and she showed up she just put a picture in my face you know it was just a picture and it was a and she said you must put this in your mom's room and I said, oh, no, I don't really want to do that because I think she's a bit angry with you. And she says, it doesn't matter. She, she's, she's going through cancer, my mom, you know. And I she said, no, she needs to see me connect with me because her connection to me is the last part of her healing. And I was like, okay. And then I went on some wild adventure into the cosmos, right? And then I come out and I'm going making tea. And my daughter's like, how are you? And I was like, oh, good, good. And then because it's so normal. Those dimensions are just so organic and wholesome and natural. And even though I've been to these, like you, extraordinary places with these other beings, it's almost like it just talking to you. It's so natural. 
So you don't even think about telling anybody about it. And when you, you said they lasted for two years. And now let's fast forward 20, 25 years later. Did the vision stop or did the, how is it now? Like, how has it morphed 25 years later? Well, I think at that time in my life, I think the, let's call it universal consciousness, had to express it that way to me, for me, for it to, maintain my attention which it did fully so it's almost like i suppose i don't want to use the word but i can't think of another word it forced me to develop my mind it forced me to expand my mind it was such a beautiful experience i didn't want to do anything else so it's almost like it was preparing me for teaching and once my mind had reached an understanding once i had developed it to be able to process this universal intelligence then i started to express it because what i say to everybody in my teaching is that your development it's 75 percent of your development and your primary goal is to become at one with the intelligence of the universe, whatever you want to call it, depending on your thought process, whether you call it the spirit world, whether you call it any other dimensions. But your primary goal is to become at one with that intelligence. Then once you've achieved that primary goal, that's 75% of your development, the 25%, which is your secondary goal, is expressing that intelligence. How do you want to express it? In other words, that's expressing it in human terms. Do you want to do it through healing, through speaking, through creativity, or through teaching? So then for me, I wanted to express my truth. I wanted to express what I've experienced through teaching. So now I'm very much about continuing to expand and expand into an ever-expansive knowing, becoming that knowing, and then just expressing or verbalizing that aspect of universal consciousness that I've become. Yeah, you're like a tuning fork. You play one frequency. Like your teaching is so, it's like a laser. You're very, you're teaching. There's no diversions with you. I've, I've trained with you over maybe a year and a half on different courses. And now with the mentorship, I kind of close my eyes when you're teaching and I feel everything you're saying. And it goes into this frequency goes in and you don't deviate from the mission ever, ever. You don't, it's incredible. You're just a tuning fork. You come in, you hit that, that's frequency, and then it resonates throughout the group. And either they, it, either it lands or it doesn't. That's up to the individual, right? How open they are. But for me, it lands. But when you teach, you, you are born to teach. It's just so obvious to me because I've done lots of different courses, but with you, I've noticed with your specific teaching, Andre, is the message lands and the expansion's instant. 
big deal for me and Dre to get that. You know, that's a biggie. That's a big box of chocolates right there. Well, it's funny you should mention I, I was born to teach and I'll tell you a really funny story. When I was in school and oof, I wanted to teach. That's all I knew. I wanted to teach. But I didn't have my spiritual awareness at the time. So I assumed this teaching was formal teaching in uh, going to a teacher training college, going to university to become a teacher. So when the examinations came around, was I 16 or 17 yet? And everybody was busy revising. And I said, well, I don't need to revise. I know I'm going to teach. And that summer, when the results came out, all my friends went to teacher training college. And I didn't. <laughs> I didn't because I didn't do any work. But I was so convinced I was going to teach. It's a warped thought process. I was so convinced I was going to be a teacher, I didn't see why I needed to work. And that really rocked me when I found I wasn't going to teach a training college. It really, my universe just completely just turned on its end. I was so distraught. How come my friends are going? And I have this burning feeling I'm going to teach, and I'm not going. It didn't make any sense. But I couldn't make any sense of it. And I can remember my father, as I was lying in bed in that summer, you know, contemplating why I wasn't teaching, my father said, son, it's time to get a job. And I said, well, I haven't quite worked out in my mind yet what I want to do. And with that, he slapped me across the back of my head, grabbed me by my ear, and said, we are going out today, and we're not coming back until you find a job. <laughs> well, that was a shock to the system. And I started off working in a factory office, basically. But it wasn't until later on in life that I realized it was a different type of teaching that I was yearning to do. Yeah. It wasn't until my mid-40s that I realized that there's a totally different type of teaching. Wow. Yeah, spiritual. And from day one, it just seemed a fast-track process. On day one, when I closed my eyes for the first time, I went to that avatar world. You know, it didn't take me months to build up. I was there on day one. So I feel I, I feel how I was fast-tracked very quickly in the first couple of years. And when you say, when you close your eyes, you went into these other dimensions, have you found, because I have found, as I become more of that which I already am, and I become more aware of that, the visuals are much less it's almost like they don't need to engage me and coax me and comfort me and, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think for me early on, it was the visualizations that held me there. Yeah, because it's so extraordinary. But now it is the knowledge. It is the intelligence that holds me there. And I always say to everybody, it doesn't matter how you think you are expressing the intelligence of the universe. It doesn't matter where you think the information is coming from. The only thing that matters is the quality of the energy and the quality of the information. How you achieve that in your mind is up to you. Yeah, unique journey, right? 
unique journey. Everybody's going to process that information in a way that they are compatible with, that makes sense to them. And that's fine. There is no wrongs. It's the quality of the energy and information that you are expressing that's going to change the world, not the way you think you are receiving it. That's irrelevant, I think. Yeah, you. it's almost like if there's lids on teaching, you know, certain institutions and schools have certain schools of thought, there's lids on them. It's like you can do this, like, as you said, like in the beginning, you wouldn't allow yourself express the intelligence because it wasn't like a deceased kind of being. It was the intelligence. But your teachings, you've taken all the lids off and you've, you're free. You've made it more free. And I think I'm going to ask you, because you've done that, do you find yourself you're attracting students from all walks of life and not just psychic mediums? Exactly. Um, because what happens is we constantly attract an outlet to express the energy that we are. So when, for instance, I was purely teaching mediumship and nothing else, I would attract people who wanted to be taught mediumship and nothing else. Now um, I am uh, teaching all forms of growth and expansion, as well as mediumship, then automatically that energy goes out into the universe and I'm finding myself having a far more uh, broad selection of people that want teaching. Some still want uh, what I call traditional mediumship and some just want to learn about expansion and universal consciousness. So we constantly attract the energy that we are. Yeah, beautiful wording there. Because it's not about getting, is it? Going after matter to matter. You're attracting in that which you are, right? Exactly. And I find now, again, it's so simple for me because, one, I just express who I am. I don't have to do anything else apart from that. So the more expansive I become, the more expansive my teaching becomes. And two, I attract everybody that seems to resonate with who I am. Very good. So it becomes, it's becoming easier for me in every way. And have you seen that video on YouTube with the tuning forks? There's like, if I go 440 hertz and I hit a fork, another 4-4 hertz will start playing. But no other, we only resonate at the same frequency as each other. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I understand that process. Yes, it makes perfect sense, yeah. Yes, and that's how I see my relationship with you, actually. I just see two forks just expanding, expanding, expanding. And so our responsibility and our accountability, I guess, for me anyway, is when I go into the expansion and I expand, I'm creating new pathways for others as others have done for me, right? And even with the quantum healing work that I've been doing, I've noticed that if I'm focusing on something, I will attract that into the session. So if I'm focusing on people who have no self-worth, most people suffer from low self-worth. And it's something I just 
know we can overcome. And so all my clients would be booking in because they have no low self-worth. And then I'm like, I kind of want to just go more into the spiritual. So then I'll start attracting in clients who are, you know, getting instant healings, like healings. Can we talk a little bit about healing? Yes, of course you can. Because I love, I love the idea of healing. And would you say that when we are ourselves expressing ourselves, when the universe is expressing itself through this vessel as Biba, and when I'm aware of that, and when Andre is aware that Michael is, the universe is just being expressed and acknowledged, is just being, that self-healing is evident. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not as young as I am, but I feel, if I'm still about 30 or 40, I feel young. I think young because I'm not fighting anything. I think self-healing is all about forgetting completely what we think we should be, forgetting completely whatever people want us to be, because that just creates friction. And that friction creates illness, because we're constantly trying to be something that we're not. And then that creates mental imbalance, emotional imbalance, and will eventually lead to physical problems. But if we can just say, well, this is who I am today, and I know I am continuing to grow and expand, then your whole world changes because there's no pressure on you anymore. There's no pressure on you to be something that you're not. And that's one of the, for me, that's one of the major concepts of self-healing is that the intelligence of the universe gives people clarity to understand that, is that self-healing is about accepting who you are and then starting to love who you are. And your whole world changes at all at multiple levels. Definitely. Self-healing is people, because we've been kind of, I suppose, always been taught to go to the doctor, to go to the medicine man, to go to the medicine woman, to go to the shaman, to go to the whatever, to go outside of ourselves, creating more separation. But actually, when you tune in to what you are, you are the healer. You are healed. You're not sick in that realm, right? Sickness can't abide there. Yeah, exactly. I've been saying to people recently, the past three years have been the happiest three years of my life. And I try to analyze, okay, why is it happy? What's changed? Has the world stopped throwing this rubbish at me? And in fact, no, it's throwing more rubbish at me. But I've realized through the process of self-healing that I don't allow the world's rubbish to affect my well-being anymore. I don't allow my interaction to the world to affect my joy and my calm and my peace. And I've really, really learned this, and it's become part of me, is that life is going to happen. Life is full of experiences that are going to happen. And I know the human aspect of you will make it complicated, because that's what we do as humans. We complicate everything. But life really is so simple because it boils down to two options to every single experience you have. You have two choices. You can either choose to react to life, and I'm oversimplifying this, but you choose to react to life in either happy or sad. That's what it boils down to. Your reaction 
to your interaction with life. Because you create your own reality, you create your own feelings, your own experience. And I chose happy. And I chose happy and joy, and my life changed. It's like magic. All the problems, all the human problems that I had, I realized were never problems in the first place. It's just I had chosen them to be problems. I had chosen to be sad. And now I chose to be happy. And there are no problems. Because the problems are what we create ourselves. Your interaction with life and the experiences that you have in life, your growth all boils down to how you decide to react. Simple as that, how you decide to react to any situation. I've come to the conclusion, I want to choose joy. And the moment I came to that conclusion, my life transformed. That's something else right there. And, you know, if I go back to my old way of thinking, I would have, everything I did in my life would have been a problem. And all of a sudden I'm feeling down, I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling miserable, I don't love myself. And all of a sudden that manifests as disease. Disease. Where the opposite, I don't allow that to happen anymore. I feel younger every day. (laughs) It's magic. But you have to have a certain amount of awareness to understand that. You have to have done a lot of work to understand that. Well, as I said, it's taken me 60 years. I wish I'd done this 40 years ago, but I didn't have that understanding 40 years ago. I didn't have that understanding that we had a choice. You know, and it's only fairly recently do I know and believe and live the fact that we have a choice. And our choice becomes our reality. So which reality do you want to choose? Happy or sad? I choose happy. Me too. I'm going to get on the happy bus with you. <laughs> because yesterday I woke up and I found myself, I had a, I woke up with a some kind of virus trying to get in the door and um, I noticed my mind wasn't as focused or as clear. It wasn't on the happy switch. It was in between switches. And I was like, this is very interesting. So I meditated. I went in. I did an hour and a half. It was all wonderful. I was just in the bliss, right? In, I was just being the universe. And then as the day progressed, I could find myself worrying about my business for absolutely no reason, by the way. Nothing's changed. And I I have enough awareness to catch that thought and go, if I run with this thought, my business will run into problems. If I allow the, my energy and my focus to go onto my business in a negative aspect, if I put a negative injection today of energy into my business thought, I will experience a backlash of negativity from my business. So I had to, and it's all energy work. And I had to go in and I had to alchemize this thought process and go, but my business is the gift that just keeps on giving. And my mind was going, no, it's not. And I was thinking, wow, what is this in me today? It's this kind of moon or something that's happening. We've got a full moon. (laughs) 
but I I have done enough work like you. I've done decades of work to catch the thought now and say, right, okay, that's an old pattern of thinking coming up and acknowledge it. Don't slate it. Don't get into a fight with it. Just acknowledge it and say, it's okay. I, I got this. The universe has got this. You don't need to worry about this. I am the abundance. I am the abundance because it's all about survival versus uh, thriving, right? Joy versus sadness, survival versus thriving. You said, and also undoing the automatic process that we've created. Because by and large, humans are lazy. What we do, we we allocate an automatic response to a situation. So when we're younger, when we have an experience, we create a link to it that creates a feeling. So if we have some kind of trauma we automatically link a feeling to that trauma. The problem we have as we get on, in, as, we, as we grow, when we get older, when we have that same experience again, rather than being the here and now and analyze that experience, happy or sad, or we just go back to our shortcut and we automatically respond in the way that we always have done. So if you've responded in a negative way to a trauma, which I can fully understand at the time, because you didn't have the knowledge to deal with it, or maybe whatever, but we still keep on repeating that feeling. So it's undoing that connection we've made to the past. Absolutely. That's beautifully said, actually. Undoing that shortcut that no longer serves us. And that's the work right there, isn't it? And wouldn't anyone listening who's only starting out, I would say that I wouldn't ever, ever question it. The, doing the work will give you the life you've always wanted. Absolutely. But you have to believe and trust in yourself. The problem is that we are, our tradition is that we believe and we put false trust in others. And we allow then others to control ourselves. But if we can wrestle that control back and to say, no, I am the master of my own destiny. I decide what's going to happen in my life. Or, or rather, I decide how I'm going to react to everything in my life. And that just gives you that power back. But you have to be able to put in the work to come to that conclusion, not to make it a, a mantra, but actually to become it. It's not just positive thinking, which helps. It is actually becoming that positive thought, living that reality that you're choosing joy, not sadness. You're becoming joy, not having joy. You are becoming joy fully. Yeah, you become that frequency. You become the joy frequency. You become the frequency and that's the only thing then that comes into your life. Wow. If I was listening to this conversation and I was just starting out, I would pursue this with everything that I have to find that. Uh, yes, but to get to that stage, you have to undo your human conditioning. A good friend of mine from Germany I got a, a, lots of good friends in Germany, and actually, I got a couple of authors I work with in Germany. One of them is writing a book. She's been working with me for once a week with her development, and she's come to the conclusion 
for her to grow, she has to, and she puts in her words, unbecoming human. That's the title of her book. Before she could really fully grow, she had to undo her human conditioning and her human thinking of what she thought was real, what she thought that's the way she had to behave. She had to undo that conditioning and then she could fully accept who she is. So hopefully her book will be out soon. It's called Unbecoming Human. Well, that's going to be an amazing book because only the intelligence will give a book that title. Yeah, I, I thought it's an, amazing, you know, it's an amazing title because it's exactly what we're all doing. We are unbecoming human. We've created a false reality of how we think we should behave and interact. And it's complete. It's a complete illusion. It is a complete illusion. And, and you said here in another interview, said he, which is Michael, the universal intelligence, he provides the energy to build a bridge between two lenses of consciousness. Yes. You said that. I'm going to say that again. He provides the energy to build a bridge between two lenses of consciousness. It's pretty brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I think also, this is where it's very difficult to separate me and Michael, you know, because who is Michael, who is Andre? But my core teaching is that I can't make anyone do anything. I can't make anyone change directly. I can only provide time, energy, space, i.e. create a bridge and say, there you are, there's an opening, there's a bridge, there's a chance to expand, but I can't push you across that bridge. And that's where the, your responsibility takes over to say, okay, I feel safe, I feel comfortable, that bridge is there, I'm going to take it. Yeah, and also we would be, people were guided to that too, you know what I mean? Our higher selves would guide our higher selves, the universal intelligence I'm beginning to see. It's just all, they're just all names in order for us to try and understand it. It's just one thing, the higher self, the oversoul God, the, the universal spirit, Michael, the Holy Spirit. It's just one divine light really, that's got all the information in it. What I'd like to ask you is about when you are in trance or trance healing. So I'm trying to develop myself with your teachings, a way of a therapy that's a nonverbal therapy. And it's all about becoming that which I am. And in the becoming that which I am, whomever I'm with will be affected by that. So I'm going to ask you the question, and maybe you can help me understand it a little bit. When you're in a room full of people and they've come for, let's say, to hear you do trans speaking, or they've come for healing, not a one-on-one, -on -one, but groups of people, is it possible to sit in a room full of people, go into that space, to the, into the becoming all that is, and allow the frequency of love to land in the heart of each individual and they'll be healed? Absolutely. There is no limitation. And again, I've had to undo some of my my early ideas of what trance was because the first time, well, the first couple of times I did trance demonstrations of healing and speaking, one of them I was 
doing trans healing, uh, I don't know, a room of 30 or 40 people, sitting in the chair, close my eyes. After about 15 minutes, I found myself standing by the window, looking out of the window. And my mind was alert. I was looking out of the window. I could see the fields. I could see nature. I could see the horses. They had horses in the field. And I started to think. I was thinking quite normally, what am I doing later? What am I teaching later? What's, when's the next class? What do I have to do next? And then I thought, hang on. I'm doing something now, aren't I? And I turned around from the window and saw myself sitting in the chair. And then I heard the room. They were all crying. And I thought, what's going on there? What? I mean, it was so surreal. And it took me a while to, you know, understand what was happening. I completely removed my consciousness away from myself in the chair, completely. And I learned that sometimes I can be active elsewhere. And when I came back, a lot of the people said it was one of the most powerful healing sessions they've ever experienced. So that helps to answer your question. Another one, and this is to do with trans speaking, this is very surreal again. Same situation, trans speaking and healing at the same time. And Michael is doing healing and he is inviting questions. So he's speaking, answering questions. And after about 20 minutes, I found myself sitting with the students, looking at my physical body, listening to the students asking Michael questions, listening to Michael answer the questions. And I'm contemplating, this is interesting, and I thought, oh, I wonder if I can ask Michael a question. That's how surreal the situation was. I completely removed my consciousness to somewhere else. I was totally aware of what was going happening, what was happening, to the point where, oh, I want to ask Michael a question. Wow, that's extraordinary. That's extraordinary. So, and other times I just go into a nothingness. And I have no understanding or recollection of anything. I don't even know where I am until I come back. Yeah, and that's 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 such a, a beautiful space that you have there. You've developed that and you know that and it's familiar to you and you're familiar to it to the point where you're you want to ask yourself <laughs> questions. Well yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. And but what I've learned, I've learned that Everybody has to trust and express their reality. That was my reality. I couldn't change that. I've learned to say it's not wrong. It's right for me. It may not be right for someone else, but it works for me. And, and that's perhaps the core of what I teach is that we are all individual in our understanding and you have to find your own reality, what works for you. Yeah. And I like that. Then you become your own pioneer of your own reality. You do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's authentic then too, right? Well, yeah, because it, yeah, well, it's real. Exactly. It's real. It's, it's 100% authentic because it's real. It's not something you're reciting from a book. It's not something that you are telling about someone else. 
It's not something that you say should happen or people used to do. You are being who you are. And that then goes back to my core teaching. All I do, I ex express who I am at the maximum of my expansion. Because if you don't live in your own reality, you're living in somebody else's, right? Well, yeah, you live, you live in an, an yeah, you live in a complete illusion. You are living, you're trying to live someone else's reality, which never works. You'll be frustrated. But your ability and your authenticity to just be yourself and to be comfortable with yourself, and not just comfortable with yourself, but like unapologetically yourself, gives permission, therefore, for others to follow the way, to be unapologetically themselves in their own expansion and their own understanding of what actually is this illusion I'm living in. Or am I even here? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, again, that's a learned process because I had to learn how to be myself. You know, when I realized I wasn't conforming to how perhaps other people think I should conform, I, that put a lot of pressure on me. You know, because you, you start to, you know, the human side of you starts to think, oh, why is everybody doing it this way or trying to do it this way when I'm doing it that way? You know, and that puts doubt in your mind because in a way, it's the most beautiful pathway I've ever experienced. But also, it can be lonely because it's unique to you. 100% lonely, yeah. But the loneliness is okay. But it's, it's authentic because I, I now can't be anything else apart from who I am. Yeah. And it's not a it's not a loneliness like oh there's no one to keep me company. It's like a loneliness as in there's there no one's going to really get it. Only you. Yes. It's not a loneliness like I'm on in my own in the world because when you know that you are all that is, you are everything. So you can never be alone if you are everything. But it's the aloneness, and that's why talking about these things is important because we get to hit off the same frequencies and go ah yes. Yes, yes, yes. And just, I'd, I'd like to just say one thing really for anybody who has a lot of filters and a lot of paradigms that they're trying to become aware of and to let go a little bit and to go more into the expansion. For me, my delay was because I was quite strong in my belief in God, which I still believe in God, obviously, right? But I'm not afraid to let go of the concept of what that might be. But for years, I needed the comfort of holding somebody's hand, and it happened to be his hand. I needed to be able to pray to something outside of myself to fix it. I was like, dear God, help me with this. I'm going to hand this over to you. Can you do this? But now I don't mind just going in and becoming that myself. I don't need somebody to hold my hand. And you know, some days I do. Some days I go, here, listen, I'm calling you back in. Can you fix this? I'm going to pretend that you're in the sky listening to me. And you're going to take all of my problems away. I need that comfort. I just need to go back into that reality for a moment because today I'm tired and I can't cope. And then I kind of giggle. And then whatever I'm dealing with is always giggling anyway because they're so lighthearted and full of love and joy. And then the next day I wake up and I go, right, I'm taking my power back now. I'm becoming all that I am. Well, that's right. But, but also, I mean, I see no separation from universal consciousness and perhaps from God, you know. I think there's a, a creative force in the universe that we are all part of. If you are religious, you probably call that energy God. 
if you were looking at more uh, at a scientific point of view or an expansive point of view, you would call it universal consciousness. So whatever it is, it's a creative intelligence that we are all part of. I don't think it matters what you call it. You call it whatever you're comfortable with. So when we ask for help, in a way, we are asking ourselves for help. And that's why I've come to the conclusion that when I say I choose happiness or sadness, you know, if I were to send a thought out, in, thought out into the universe, I'm actually sending a thought out to myself. What am I going to choose in this situation? Happy or sad? Yeah. There comes a lot of responsibility with that knowingness, and I didn't want to know about that well, for a while. Well, uh, you mentioned that, Biba. It was a huge responsibility because at some level of our being, we like to think that there's someone or something that's going to do something for us without us having to think too much about it. It's a very good, isn't, as you said, it's a nice feeling, uh, but in reality, it, it all boils down to your actions. It does. Pleasure. Thank you, thank you. I just like to let people know that you have a website and I'm going to add the details to your website. And on your website, you have a recording and the recording is, I think it's called Into the Light. It's beautiful. It's 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And you just, it's a guided exploration in consciousness. And I, I've got that. And I remember when I downloaded it, I bought it and I downloaded it and I listened to it every day for like six months. Every day, every day. It was like the comfort of your frequency. Your frequency was bringing me in instantly, instantly to the point now where I don't need to listen to that. But sometimes I miss your voice. I do. I just love your, I love, I love tuning into you. And sometimes when I just go, I just need a dose of that and I put it on. And so for anybody who's interested in what Andre is teaching, I'm going to leave the details on this show and also the recording that you can just download and, and listen. Actually, they listen to what you're doing. You give that so beautifully in, in that uh, 20, 20, 30 minute kind of, I wouldn't call it a meditation. I'd call it an expansion. Would you call it an expansion? Journey, expansion, an expansive journey. I'm going to see you in the Arthur Finley College in November, you know. Wow, are you? Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm going to spend a week doing your trans course. And I'm looking forward to spending that time in that beautiful place. And just it's just the stillness there permits you to go deeper, you know. I've been asked to go to Hawaii next year to teach. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I know. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, apparently in Hawaii, I've listened to a couple of podcasters from Hawaii. I mean, they are functioning at a very high frequency out there. There's a lot going on in Hawaii. Yeah, they say there's a lot going on there. So I'm really looking forward to sort of going in there and adding to what they already do, because I think they are very spiritual people who are on a journey. And I want to be able to share my thoughts to help them to enhance what they already do. So I'm really looking forward to it. And if you see me on the back of the plane waving, don't get surprised. Thank you so much for talking to us today and sharing your wisdom. Yes, yeah, been my pleasure, Biba. Thank you for giving me the time to share my reality with you. Yeah, it's a pleasure and I'll see you soon. All right, thanks Thank so much. Over and out.